Welcome to Health Pulse Podcast. I'm Dr. Connor Delaney, CEO and President of Cleveland Clinic Florida. At Cleveland Clinic Canada, our services help patients live healthier, more active lives. Our two locations in downtown and midtown Toronto offer innovative clinical services that are rooted in evidence and are delivered in a high quality and convenient healthcare environment. Today, we're going to hear more about the services offered to local organizations through our employer programs, as well as how the team continues to support the Canadian community. My special guest for today is Michael Kessel. Mike <laughs> is the president and CEO of Cleveland Clinic Canada and is responsible for the growth of the Canadian facility, strategic partnerships and enterprise value creation. During his tenure, the organization has implemented a unique public-private hybrid strategy that has led to formal partnerships with Canadian healthcare ecosystem community stakeholders. Mr. Kessel led the acquisition of the Sports Medicine Specialists, the highest volume sports medicine and rehab clinic in Canada, and the first international acquisition in Cleveland Clinic's 100-year history. Over the last few years, Mr. Kessel's focus has been the creation of a healthcare subscription model for some of the clinic's services in Canada. Medical directorships, virtual care across Canada, and remotely focused longitudinal care services. Most importantly, under his leadership, patient experience and employee engagement scores have reached record highs. In addition to his work at Cleveland Clinic Canada, Mr. Kessel is active in the Toronto community as a board member of the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Ontario and a committee member of the Conference Board of Canada. Thank you again for joining us today, Mike. Of course. Thanks for having me, Connor. Super to have you here. So, Mike, in 2006, uh, Cleveland Clinic Canada opened and it was a state-of-the-art 26,000 square foot outpatient clinic in the heart of well, it's a big financial district in downtown Toronto. And since opening the doors, you've built a really phenomenal team who I know share your passion for practicing our unique model of care, a model that leverages clinical expertise and the excellence of the clinic and its culture in a way that complements healthcare in Canada and delivers an outstanding experience to all of our patients. Mike, maybe you could tell uh, viewers and listeners a little more about Cleveland Clinic Canada and the services we offer. Of course, that's that's great. Thanks so much. And as you mentioned, we've been open 15 years here in Canada, and we were the first international location for Cleveland Clinic Foundation, which we're super proud of. We do have two outpatient facilities, as mentioned, downtown Toronto in the financial district and in Midtown. And we see about 100,000 visits uh, annually here. Our big focus in Canada is helping our patients age well, moving better and knowing they're helping patients know their healthcare options. We offer publicly funded services and private services, as mentioned, a hybrid. We're also the site of the first international acquisition, as you mentioned, in our 100 year history, which we're super proud of. And one of the really nice things about that is it's a bunch of, uh, in, in Canada, it's the two H's, right? It's hockey and healthcare. So this clinic, they were the formal, former team doctors for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And so they had built up just an incredible group of caregivers that combined 
all 50 of them had close to 500 years of service over a 25 year period. So it was a great acquisition and it's worked out really, really well. And now we're one of the larger sports medicine rehab providers in the country. I'd say the big things that we do here, I would categorize in eight areas, the big services, if you will, um, executive health, concierge medicine, sports health and rehab, virtual care, advisory services. We do a lot of COVID testing, COVID vaccination work, and we do a significant amount of specialty care in three big areas, dermatology, orthopedics, and cardiology. That's quite an array of services, Mike, and I, I think impressive as well as you highlighting the really significant experience of the team. And uh, when you put all that together and you're looking after 100,000 patients a year, that's a lot of healthcare. So 60% currently of your business, tell us more about the employer programs you're offering and um, how you change the model for private offerings through a more subscription-based program for, for some of our, our, our patients that we're serving. Yeah, th thanks, for, thanks for touching on this. We're really proud of this where we like to look at other industries and, and basically grab from those under, other industries kind of the best of and see if it could work in healthcare. And this, this subscription model came from the software development industry and a little bit of the entertainment industry. So I was literally at a conference three years ago and it was the CEO of Adobe. His name is Chetnan uh, Narayan. <laughs> it's a tricky name to say, say at times. And he was being interviewed at a Harvard Business School event by a professor. And the professor asked him, he said, well, look, you know, help, help us understand how you've gotten to know your your customers, our patients, essentially, and what have you, what changes have you made in the last number of years? And the CEO of Adobe said, well, look, my big moment for Adobe was in 2013, where we basically changed our model, okay, from a transaction-based model to a subscription model. And he did that because he was calling up his customers and he was saying to them, hey, I'd love to meet with you and, and talk about us and our relationship. And none of his customers, very few of them, were responding and wanting to meet with him. So he realized at that time that he needs to develop a closer relationship with his customers and be a more integral part of their business. And that's what Adobe did in 2013. And basically what they successfully did was they brought down their prices, they constantly innovated, rather than once every year and reselling their offering. And they were very proactive with relationships, if you will. And it created this model where almost like if you if people listen out there, think of like Netflix, where you pay a monthly fee, they automatically update kind of what is, what is going on in your offering. And you just keep going on. You develop a great, great relationship and we've done the same thing here with a number of our services here in Canada. Some of those services I know we're gonna talk about today, but they include Express Care Online, which is our virtual care offering, which we, which we provide to employers, which I know we'll talk about, our executive health program, and our medical directorship program. And these are subscription-based offerings that organizations and or patients can sign up for and subscribe for 
And it allows us to develop really great proactive relationships that go on for a long period of time, reduce the price a little bit, okay? And, and really get closer to the patient or the organization. That sounds fascinating. And it's certainly, yes, it's been interesting to watch it as a model that's come out in a number of industries. And I think, Mike, mm -hmm. what it makes me think of is, you know, our goal at Cleveland Clinic of really partnering with patients over their lifetime. So it becomes this longer term commitment to each other. So the, the employer program really is you're using it to help large and small organizations to maintain the health and wellness of their employees. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a few different programs you're offering. Uh, you, you hinted at them uh, that are tailored to corporations needs. Can you expand a little more on the medical director program first? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's near and dear to my heart. The medical director program is in our advisory uh, service. So basically, uh, five, six years ago, what we did was we took uh, we actually found a gap in the market, in the kind of the employer market, if you will. And what we noticed was these large organizations, medium-sized organizations, and even some small organizations have incredible leaders. So they have a CEO, they have a CFO, they have a chief operating officer, chief marketing officer. But what they don't have is a chief medical officer. And most of these organizations, if not all of them, recognize that the biggest and most important asset in these organizations is their people. And so not having a clinical mind at the leadership table is a gap in our opinion. And I humbly say this, shame on these companies for not putting a clinician, someone that has that mind, but also someone has the mind of a, a business woman or a businessman, someone with their MBA, or their MPH, someone maybe that has training from management consulting world as well. So you can combine the great clinical brain okay, with the great business brain and innovation brain. Okay, So we essentially started up a program where we provide a physician that has that skill set and background, oftentimes from a, a management consulting firm like a McKinsey, if you will, and we provide that to them typically eight to 24 hours a week on their strategy team at their leadership table to help with population-based enterprise risk management, if you will. And that program has been extremely popular and it's been the type of, it's been extremely rewarding work for us because we're able to provide our evidence-based solutions to these organizations and then it cascades to all of their employees. And I would say kind of the biggest areas, if you will, where we're consulting, as you can imagine right now, with COVID, it's pandemic planning and reopening, return to work. Um, we do a lot around mental and behavioral health. We do a lot around crisis and organizational risk management. Um, and I would say occupational risks, like inf including infectious exposure, toxicology, uh, so those are been, have been really big, big things. I'd say the last thing about this medical directorship program is we're super keen, we're really super keen on long-term partnerships and working with someone. So the deals we typically sign with our partners, which are oftentimes large organizations like an Air Canada or a Purolator or some of the banks or pension plans, they're th typically three-year deals agreements um, because we want to be by their side, if you will. 
during COVID, we've made a few exceptions down to one year, but the reality is we want to be by their side throughout. And that's been, um, that's been really rewarding for us. I think that's super Mike. And I think it's almost like taking blinkers off. It's the kind of program people have just never really thought of doing before. And so many businesses are focused on their core service lines that they didn't think of this, but it's, I, I think it's something great that we offer and it's a great tactic or strategy really, because it's broader than that for them to include it in their leadership teams and, and with what they're building. And I'm sure all of our online meetings and things make it even easier to, to fit into their schedules and meetings. So one Absolutely. of the other things, obviously, that the online transitions and teams meetings and other things have got us to is express care online. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that as well and how that changes the future of healthcare. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, um, I mean, close to 20% of all of our visits right now are virtual in nature. And for us, one of our big offerings to employers and quite frankly, individuals is our express care online service. It's primarily for virtual care. Uh, sorry, <laughs> it's primarily for urgent care. And so what we're doing basically is we're offering to the organization Okay, a subscription-based model where all of their people, if they've got 100 people or if they've got 100,000 people, can tap into our Express Care Online urgent care services. And I have to tell you, it's, you know, it's really great, um, especially in, like, big, big cities that may, for example, be expensive cities, like Toronto and Vancouver, obviously, in Canada. And while we're in Toronto right now with a couple of facilities and we're downtown, um, you know, it could be inconvenient. It could be costly to come and to park and to see one of our clinicians, if you will. So for certain services, um, certainly, you know, stuffy nose, sore throat, the, these type of things that, you know, you don't have to come and visit us. You can connect virtually. And I think it saves time. It saves money. And the the employee, for example, doesn't have to take off a lot of time from work. They can connect into basically Cleveland Clinic Care, which makes life a lot a lot easier, if you will. And the nice thing is, as we both know, there are something like nine hundred thousand medical articles published in fifty six hundred medical journals each year, and you know, even even for you, Connor, that's way too much. One physician cannot read through all of those. So, the, and I know, <laughs> that's right. Like, and I know medical knowledge is doubling, like every seventy three days now, not every twenty to thirty years. Right. So, you need a system, right? And so, that's I think the beautiful thing about virtual care, specifically with the healthcare system, we could stay on top of that for everybody. And it makes it really, really easy. And the things that we're now starting to explore is medical devices that are connected and integrated with our virtual care platform. And why is that important? With traditional virtual care for urgent care, we could, our clinicians can diagnose about 100 to 150 different conditions. If you add additional data, right? And we use a device, for example, called TitoCare, which basically has various scopes attached to it in the, in the size of a bread box, if you will, like an otoscope and a stethoscope, et cetera. And with that data that the patient puts in virtually themselves, our clinicians 
can diagnose up to 750 different conditions, which is which is incredible and help treat them. So all of that can be done in the comforts of your home or quite frankly, in your office. In fact, we have one group called Fitzrovia that is a um, a, uh, a group is a, a group of condominiums and apartments. And what they've done is each one of their towers has 500 to, 7, 500 to 1,000 people. In that tower, they've got a 500 square foot Cleveland Clinic Canada virtual care office room that their tenants will go into, do what we're doing right now, connect in virtually to our clinicians. And if they need to, the clinician says, ah, you know, we need to get your lung function checked out, or you need to check your heart, right? The patient can do that and submit that virtually, and then we could diagnose, we could treat, we could set, we could order imaging, et cetera. So I think this is here to stay, virtual care, for a segment of the population, and it's made life much more convenient and also much more affordable, which is nice. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I think it's certainly one of the things we've learned through the pandemic is how much we can do online. We got up to 90%, which was too high. And that was when yeah. things were crazy at the beginning. But now as well, we're about 20%, I think is a good number. And it depends on specialties mm -hmm. and, and other things. Right. But I think the other thing about it, Mike, it gives us is, you know, one of the great things about being in healthcare is if something's wrong with one of us, we know somebody to phone and you can say, hey, what's wrong? <laughs> da, 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 and you often get a quick answer. And this allows us to do that for patients more broadly. So, yeah, that's know, well as, said. As, yeah, that's well said. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's it's a great thing we can offer. So, you know, I think Cleveland Clinic is a leader in healthcare. We've been able to navigate through COVID-19 as we've learned more about the virus. With essential businesses needing to have some of their workforce still on site, you created a corporate COVID testing program specifically around mm -hmm. the pandemic. Can you briefly just tell us, you know, what is that and how does that work, Mike? Yeah, yeah, thanks for asking. This has been a, a, a an extreme pride point for me because um, Canada uh, Canada has been a little bit behind with regards to the vaccination. And because of that, um, our, our corporate community has had to rely on testing. And so we've actually worked with our corporate partners and we've, we've basically devised with them a testing strategy and a return to work strategy over the last five to six months specifically of this pandemic. So we have a nurse leader in this area who's extremely talented and she works with the organization to determine what percentage of the workforce is coming back. How many locations do you have? What frequency of testing should be? Should we be doing PCR testing and rapid antigen testing? And, and monitoring this and what happens when someone is positive. How do we report this to public health? And what's the process there? What type of clinical oversight do you need? So we, we basically propped up for a number of the essential businesses here in Canada, things like banks, things like uh, logistics companies and mail couriers, if you will, um, and even telecom companies, which have to, they have to stay open. And we basically propped up a testing solution for these companies where our nurses, would go on site and they would do PCR and rapid antigen testing throughout the week, throughout the days, and provide peace of mind to employers and employees and their families 
that they did not have the disease and they had tested negative appropriately. So to give you an idea in terms of how much of this we did last month, we did over 15,000 COVID tests, which, which basically expended about 2,500 nursing hours just to support this last month. So it's a big, big effort. And as we both know, as Delta variant, the Delta variant is becoming more prominent, giving these organizations peace of mind and they're doing the right thing to keep their employees um, health and safety. Number one is, is really, as you know, what it's all about. Yeah, that's super. That's so important. I think to give them the, the experience that um, our teams have built up and, and yeah. the confidence yeah. to, to work safely is important. So, Mike, in addition to your passion for healthcare, I, I hear you've got a little bit of a passion around table tennis and that you've been able to turn that into something uh, maybe even bigger for the community and for research and research funding. Maybe you can explain a little to us about that. Yeah, yeah. So that that is, uh, that is, is right on. So I grew up, I was a nationally ranked uh, table tennis player, and my father was a Chicago Public League champion, and he taught me how to play. So I loved the game. So I was kind of a geek in that I was ranked in the United States Table Tennis Association, known as the USTTA. And then when I got to Canada in Toronto in 2009, I want to marry my passion for healthcare and obviously the heart with table tennis. So I raised my hand at a board meeting with the Heart and Stroke Foundation, um, which is similar organization, American Heart Association in the US. And I said, I don't think I do enough. And they looked at me cross-eyed and they said, what do you mean? They say, I'm going to start a grassroots corporate Canada philanthropy table tennis event. And literally uh, over the last eight years, every year, despite COVID the last year, we host the largest corporate Canada philanthropic table tennis tournament in Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto with 200 companies, 800 players, 400 spectators raising $300,000 net a year for heart and stroke research. And this type of community work means a lot to me, but to our organization as well, because Cleveland Clinic Canada participates in the tournament. Cleveland Clinic Canada helps volunteer and staff the tournament as well. And it's a big source of pride for our entire organization. Yeah, I bet it is. That's incredible uh, and a fantastic way to support the community. So Cleveland Clinic Canada is committed to complementing the public health healthcare system in a meaningful way. And I think you've described it so nicely um, and helping Canadians live healthier, more active lives mm -hmm. through a variety of in-person and virtual services. We're able to help patients across Canada under Mike's leadership, patient experience and employee engagement scores have reached record highs. His career has been fueled by a passion for healthcare and over 25 years of experience in strategy, finance, organizational behavior, operations and entrepreneurial ventures. Mike, thanks for giving us your perspective on all of the amazing things that you and your team are accomplishing uh, at Cleveland Clinic Florida and for the conversation and especially for your dedication. Thanks for, uh, for allowing me to participate in this. And thank you, by the way, um, for all your support over the years and to all the Floridians at Cleveland Clinic uh, that are taking care of snowbirds, um, a, bi a big, huge thank you as well. Yeah, we've many shared patients. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us to uh, viewers and listeners. And please tune in soon for our next Health Pulse podcast. <laughs>